Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Chugu podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I am joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast we will be discussing um, last weekend's English and Scottish Premier League results, previewing this weekend's League Cup, Scottish League Cup final, um, reacting to... Um, uh, sorry, previewing uh, the Champions League uh, and Europa League matches from this week. And at the end of the podcast, Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So um, we'll just start off with all the English Premier League results so, um, from uh, last weekend. So on Saturday, the results were Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2, Brighton 1, Burnley 1, Manchester United 0, Bournemouth 3, Sheffield United 1, Brentford 0, Wolves 1, Nottingham Forest 1, Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 0. Uh, and then on Sunday, the results were Everton 2, Chelsea 0, Fulham 5, West Ham 0, Luton Town 1, Manchester City 2, and Tottenham 4, Newcastle United 1. So Pierce, which match from Last weekend's English Premier League results stands out to you. Uh, sorry, there's, there's that many games that I have to touch on. I've I've got four four teams. I think uh, four games that I think are just well standout fixtures for me. So first, we'll touch on uh, the Manchester United nil, Bournemouth three. Um, on the week where yeah. Manchester United won, got Eric Ten Hag won manager month and Harry Maguire won player month in the Premier League. Which somehow you you you're kind of how has that happened, and then they drop a performance like that because the fact is this isn't a short result for Manchester United because this season they've been up and down like a yo-yo, and they've been leaking goals left, right, and centre, um, and they've just not been scoring enough goals, and that's the problem of the season so far. And um, all credit to Scotty Bournemouth, I thought going to Old Trafford and getting a comfortable three 0 victory, and it easily could have been more. Um, that's just how bad the Manchester United were, but all credits go to Bournemouth. I think they've um, they're surprising a lot of teams this season because you expect them just to be hovering above the relegation. But that's a statement result, and um, yeah. So I think the next one for me would be Aston Villa one Arsenal, <laughs> and I think you're the biggest fan of Unai Emery and what he's done at that that football club in terms of transforming it from, um the demise that they were under under uh, Stephen Gerrard's tutelage because it just shows you what a top class manager can do and before the match they were on a 14 one in streak at um, Villa Park and they've now made it 15 against Arsenal and a week would have now beaten Manchester City and Arsenal last season's top two that is unheard of and well and well they sit in the league table is the stuff he dreams and like you look at some signings he made in the summer, they didn't break the bank, but they're smart signings. You look at somebody like Pau Torres, you know what I mean? Like Diego Carlos came back last um, last January, but like, smart signings that made the team solid. And, and like you say in the summer, like Musa Diaby as well, like, top quality players, but for the right amount of money. So it's just about being smart and he's proven it in Spain that he'd, he's basically won everything and he's really good in Europe as well. In terms of one Europa League with Sevilla and Villarreal, 
wasn't really giving a chance at Arsenal, but by God, he's got him playing some phenomenal football and um, so solid at the back. And, and they look as if they can hurt a lot of teams. And to play Man City off the park and then to beat Arsenal, who are the nearest challengers as well, I think that is speaks volumes of the man. Do you think they can win the title? Can they win the title? Mm-hmm. I don't think they can, but I think for me, they're definitely, at the moment, they're definitely nailed on for top four. Um, mm-hmm. If if all caught the plan in terms of to keep their, their personnel fit, because it's a long haul season, and like you say, they've still got Europe. Um, and you've got you've got to look at a team like Spurs, um, who have not got Europe at all. So for me, it'd be between the the two. <laughs> I think the other two games will go with Everton to Chelsea now. Like you say, Sean Dyche has it's turned a corner with Everton, even with the ten point deduction. They're they're not in the relegation anymore. And they're playing brilliant football, and Chelsea, who were on a decent run of form themselves. I've now gone back to reverting to ways in terms of just looking just well off it. Um, and I think, like you say, Goodison Park, I think Sean Dyche is going to make that focus. <laughs> Although, according to the stats, they're better away from home, but it's a hostile atmosphere to go to, and I think Everton thoroughly deserved a win. And then the last game for me would be the Tottenham 4, Newcastle 1. Tottenham, who were on a five-game Five games without a win. Um, although they're playing some decent football, some injuries, but the win of the weekend is Newcastle. Um, thought it was a brilliant performance back to their usual self, and I thought Son was the the main man, the architect. Two goals, wins a penalty, and scores. Um, yeah, and I thought Newcastle, massive injury, last weekend. Um, to Nick Pope, who is out for a, a pretty long time, four or five months. Um. I think that will hamper their ambitions both in Europe and domestically because I think Nick Pope at times gives a team like Newcastle points just by how good he is at his shortstop ability. And um, let's say Tottenham, brilliant to see him get back to winning ways. And um, it was a thrilling, telling, uh, thrilling and entertaining game. And the four matches for me were outstanding. Yeah. I mean, there was so many games uh, this weekend that were really good. I think it was a really good kind of uh, weekend of uh, Premier League football. Uh, obviously, the Man United Bournemouth game stands out to me. That's my standout result because, um, you know, like the fact that Bournemouth and this like never would have thought, um, you know, Bournemouth could go to Old Trafford and win three 0 um, and you know what? It's not really that much of a surprise anymore. To be honest, like a result like that 10, 20 years ago for Man United would be like it would be a disaster, you know, probably the worst result of the history. But results like that for Man United just aren't a surprise anymore. Uh, it kind of just shows where they are as a club and as a squad at the moment. Um, so, I mean, what a result for Bournemouth and Ira Wall has done a. I mean, it, it wasn't the best start as Bournemouth manager, but he's they've really picked up the last few games and. Um, you know, this high-tempo, high-pressing football that they're playing, uh, you know, it's really suiting them. Uh, and they're getting results now. And, you know, they're, they're climbing up that table, picking up points. Um, and, you know, uh, the difference between Man United and Bournemouth for me is Bournemouth have an identity. You know exactly how they're going to play. But with Man United, don't. Uh, they kind of just make it up as they go along, I think, a few of the game. 
So, um, yeah, that's my standout result from the weekend. Probably was a brilliant result uh, for Bournemouth. Um, and then a close second is Aston Villa Arsenal game. Just, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I say it every week on this podcast about Unai Emery, but like, yeah, I just can't help it because it's just it's just a brilliant job that he's doing. It just really is. You know, um, when he came in after Stephen Gerrard, you know, they went in a great place and what he's done in just over a year is, it's, it's, it's phenomenal, it really is. Um, and they're writing a title race at the moment. You know, we don't know if that's going to last or not. Um, because as you said, they do have European football to contend with as well. But, um, you know, they've got a really, really good squad. Um, you know, John McGinn, they've got the goal. I mean, he's the improvement he's made on doing Iemni is just phenomenal as well. Um, you know, and um, you know, it's it's hard. We don't know I mean, we, we need to see where they are after Christmas, Aston Villa, because I feel like the next kind of couple of weeks is going to be pivotal for them because there's a lot of games coming up. But as you said, uh, to have a week where they've beaten um, both uh, Man City and Arsenal in the space of four days is, you know, it's it really is amazing. Um, you know, and obviously, lastly, I just want to touch on Everton as well, the fact that they beat Chelsea 2-0, you know. I think that point deduction's really kind of, I don't know, this is something inside their head where they've just kind of rallied and it's them against the world, that kind of mentality they've got at the moment. Um, you know, I mean, just brilliant. And, you know, Sean Dyche is, he, he deserves all the praise and all the credit because he doesn't really get all the headlines because of his name. And, you know, I don't think people really give him the, the appreciation that he does deserve because he's done an absolutely brilliant job. We haven't really has. So, my standard result, but uh, just overall, is the, um, the Man United Bournemouth match. So, we've got English teams playing in uh, Europe this week. Uh, so I'll just quickly go through the Champions League matches. That uh, So the English teams playing in the Champions League this week are PSV versus Arsenal, Manchester United versus Bayern Munich. Um, and then on tomorrow, it'll be Red Star Belgrade versus Man City, uh, Newcastle versus AC Milan. And then in the... <coughs> And then in Europa League, we've got Union St. Gilwar versus Liverpool. Um, we've got West Ham versus Freiburg. Brighton versus Marseille. Uh, and then in the Conference League, we've got Sharinsky Mostar versus Aston Villa. And that is that that's all the English teams playing in Europe this week. So is there is there a match there for yours that stands out to you that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so no, nothing against Europe League or the Conference League, but I think the most sides, the English sides that are in the European Conference League are already progressed into the, into the next round. Talking about Aston Villa, Liverpool, Brighton. Um, so nothing against that, but I'm, I'm going with the ones that have still got a lot on the line in the, in the Champions League, and that is Manchester United versus Bayern Munich and Newcastle versus AC Milan. Um, both sides struggling. And they've still got a fighting chance to progress. And I think for me, the game that will start off is Manchester United Bar Munich. Um so starting Manchester United, obviously get humbled at the weekend at home to Bournemouth was not obviously the perfect start. But on the flip side, 
Barmini Gabs have humbled themselves away from home to Frankfurt, which is a short result, but both sides coming into it. Barmini already qualified from the group. Um and obviously with Harry Kane in the form of his life at the moment. Um I can only really see one winner. Um and I think that is gonna be Bayern Munich. And I just don't see Man United outscoring Bayern Munich. Uh, I think it won't be a clean sheet. I think both defences are a bit shaky at the moment. Um, but I think the difference maker will be Harry Kane. Um, the man is just world class and he, he scores as much as he creates as well. So I think it'll be um, bye-bye uh, Europe for um, Manchester United after Christmas. And in terms of the other game, I think Newcastle, East Man, we touched on the massive injury to Nick Pope and a few others in the Newcastle uh, lineup. And East Man have been up and down this season. Um, but I think obviously. Newcastle with Boyne, where the St James's Park atmosphere, I think it's probably one of the most hostile atmospheres in Europe at the moment. Um, you see what happened to PSG, they absolutely crumbled. And regardless of the personnel that are missing, I do think that that crowd will be that 12th man and I think they can get another famous victory and hopefully Newcastle can um, progress into, the, into Europe beyond Christmas and it'll be another memorable night at St James's Park and yeah, I'm thoroughly looking forward to the two matches. Yeah, um, it's a Man United by Munich match for me that's a standout. You know, just a, it's such a historic fixture. Um, you know, there's so much history between the two clubs, and you know, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they both because they both got defeated very heavily at the weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of react. Um, you know, it's going to be an uphill task for Man United to to get something from that match because I don't see Bayern Munich kind of continuing that. You know that form that they showed on Saturday, they'll be definitely wanting to respond, and so are Man United. But at the end of the day, the Bayern Munich have more quality, um, and I do expect them to win. Um, but you know, a game like Man United Bayern Munich, it's all although it's not the same as it was twenty years ago. It's still such a, a brilliant fixture, so that's the one I'm really looking forward to the most. And then just quickly, as you just said, the Newcastle similar match that's got. A lot of kind of, a lot riding on it. You know, it's such a great kind of group stage that 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 group is. And and you know Newcastle who aren't in the greatest moment. You know they've lost heavily the last two games. Um, and you know East Milan aren't in a great bit of form as well. So, um, yeah, the two matches are the ones that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, so we'll move move on to um last weekend Scottish Premier League results. So I'll just again quickly run through them. So on Saturday, the results finished Aberdeen 2, Hearts 1, Livingston 0, Hibs 1, Murrayville 1, St Johnston 1, Rangers 3, Dundee 1, St Mirren 2, Ross County 0. And then on Sunday, there was one match which finished Kilmarnock 2, Celtic 1. So Pierce, which match stands out to you the most? I think it's going to be a short result. Um, is to come on yeah. Celtic one. I think you can start the, <coughs> the Scottish football because it's another short result. Um, in the SBL, um, Celtic's first defeat the season, but um, if you're going on recent performances, this result has probably been coming for a number of weeks. Um, Celtic haven't been at a free flowing best. I mean, can I get in? Um 
getting just scraping by results in terms of getting picked up like a draw or late winners. Um and they've not really had like a full 90 minutes performance that's been outstanding apart from the Aberdeen game where they just blew them out out of the water. Um but they go off to a perfect start in the first half, take the lead, go on at the break, leading. But at the back, when you've not got somebody like Cameron Carter Vickers, um and you're you're missing key players all over the park, like in terms of the attacking front line, like you kill going to bench, you've got Maeda injured, you've got Abada injured, you've got Hatati injured, but there was there was no real quality in terms of all the possession that Celtic had because once um come on like get get after them in terms of the high press, put them under pressure, um, they just looked like the, the more dominant side in the second half and they thoroughly deserved a victory. And who knows, maybe it'll force um Celtic to spend more money in, in January because I think reinforcements are needed because you look at some of the players that are coming off the bench for Celtic um, or even starting players like Mikey Johnson, James Forrest who you, in 2023 most Celtic fans or Scottish football fans would be like how are they still at the club because um, I don't need to call upon them so just throwing players on just for the sake of it um, but you've got to give tremendous credit to Kamala and Derek McInnes because that's now Twice they played uh, Bernie Rodgers and Celtic side in, in both the Cup and the league and they've won both matches at uh, Rugby Park and it's another another difficult venue for Celtic to go to under Bernie Rodgers. I think he's never had an easy time in terms of going and trying to play in plastic pitches, whether it be Livingston or Kilmarnock. Um, so the other standard fixture for me would be the, the Rangers 3 Dundee 1. I think obviously just keeping the pressure on Celtic at the moment, just Try to pick up the results and Dundee themselves have been on pretty decent form. And Dundee did take the lead early on in the game. Um catch the Rangers cold at the start of the match. And then obviously I think the major talking point in this game was the the penalty for Tavernier, which <laughs> for me, never in a million years was it a penalty uh, on Abdulasima. Um just jumped for the ball, put shoulder to shoulder flings his arms up there and somehow the referee goes to the VR monitor and overturns it. Um because for me it's it's like you see that every second day, every game, like players barging each other, shoulder to shoulder, wrestling. Like it's not it was like minimum contact and for me it's never a penalty. And then obviously the red card that the Rangers have now subsequently appealed on Jose uh, Cifuentes, which for me I don't think you've got any grounds for appeal. I think that is a it's high, it's late, and it's a stamp. And for me, that should remain a red card. But um, not another impressive victory for Rangers, um, as they keep the pressure on Celtic and cut the gap from uh, eight points to five with a game in hand. Yep. Um. Obviously, you know the Celtic match is a standout. It's the shock of the the weekend in Scottish football. Um, and you have to say that there's a there's a title race in Scotland now, um, between Celtic and Rangers. You know. Uh, you know, there's only five points. There's only five points between the two clubs now, and you know Celtic were in quite a good kind of commanding, comfortable position not that long ago, and now after a few games, the gap's been cut, and five points. It's quite and there's still lots of matches to go, so definitely is a title race. Um, and Celtic will be, you know, I think they'll be concerned at the moment because their performances haven't been great. Uh, you know they they were really good in the first half against Kilmarnock. But the second half they were really, really bad. You know, they just 
didn't get started at all. And Kilmarnock at the end of the day probably did deserve to win. Um, you know, they were the team that were the most in, on the front foot, the more aggressive than Celtic. They looked like they wanted it more in Celtic as well. Um, so you know, it it was it was a short result. I didn't expect it to be honest. I thought Celtic would win. Um, so a really short result. Um, and definitely a title race in, in Scotland now, absolutely. And I just want to briefly touch on Aberdeen, who beat Hearts two one. You know, uh, Aberdeen that Barry Robson will be feeling a lot less pressure now because that was a probably a must win game for him. Um, I don't think I think if Hearts were were to win that game. I don't think Barry Robson think he'd been in a bit of trouble in terms of his job security. So uh, for Aberdeen to win that, it's really important for Barry Robson and he'll now not hope that that'll kick them on um, in the future games that they've got coming up. Um, one specific game that we'll talk about in just a moment. Um, so yeah, um, <clears throat> the Celtic result is definitely the, the big result of the weekend in Scottish football. Um, and I think that was the game that we've now realised that there's going to be a title race in Scotland now. Um, so we just wanted to just wanted to briefly also discuss the Scottish League Cup final, which is going to be played this Sunday, which is 17th of December, and it's going to be between uh, Rangers and Aberdeen. So, Pierce, what do you think about that match coming up? Who do you think is going to win? How do you think the game's going to play out? What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be a blockbuster match. Um thoroughly looking forward to it um, and I do think Aberdeen will look to be buoyant from that result of the weekend against Hearts and we'll talk shortly later but they've got a European match midweek which I don't think they'll play any other key men I think they'll just be resting slowly on the final because it's a chance to win silverware and Aberdeen have not been um, not won a piece of silver since I think Derek McInnes' time at the helm Um so it's been a long time coming, but obviously the overriding favourites will be Rangers and the chance for Philippe Clement to get his hands on silver, being in the helm only a matter of months. And um, obviously his form's picked up recently, so they're in a good place at the moment. Both, both sides, it's going to be an enthralling counter. I think it just will be who's more decisive in the key areas in terms of up front and who's more clinical when you when you get the chances and who's more resolute at the back. Um because I think both sides are pretty good in terms of both both areas. Um although you say Barry Olsen under pressure for his job, but I, I think he's done a tremendous job so far and I think it'd be extremely harsh if he was to get sacked at the weekend if if the if the result didn't favour Aberdeen. Because obviously he's got his side into a cup final, got European football, group stage football. Um, so I think he's done a good job and obviously he's trying to balance his squad with Europe and domestic football has been a bit of an issue but I think after Christmas I think you'll see probably the best Aberdeen sides kick on and push on in the league but in terms of the cup final itself I think it's, it could go either way um, but I'm going to go for shots up I'm going to say um, a, a, a narrow Aberdeen one um, I think players like Miofsky and Duke Will be too hot to handle for uh, the Rangers' defence, and um, yeah, that's that's my prediction for the final. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be it's it's an exciting match, and you know I'm really looking forward to it. And you know, two teams that at the end of the day deserve to be there. You know, uh, both sides are kind of in a, you know, Rangers and quite. I think they, I'd say they're in a good moment. 
Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about Aberdeen, although we just said that they won uh, at the weekend there. You know, they're not in the greatest moments. Um, you know, and Rangers will be, I don't think they've won the League Cup, Scottish League Cup, in quite a while now. So they'll be really determined to get that hoodie off, kind of off their back. Um, and also, as you said, Philippe Clement will want to pick up his first piece of silverware. Um, you know, in terms of my prediction, I'm going to say Rangers will win that because just due to the fact of the form that they're in at the moment, uh, I just think Rangers are in a better place than Aberdeen. Um, you know, uh, both teams have a, a big European match coming up this week, which we'll just discuss um, in a second. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to it because rangers Aberdeen's always quite a good match. It's always quite feisty. It's always quite uh, competitive as well. So the fact that at a final, on top of that, I think it's going to be quite a good spectacle. Well, if you look at um, the um, previous results, Tom, this season between Aberdeen and Rangers, um, Aberdeen went to Ibrox, got a famous yeah. victory, and then the match at Putaudry recently, it was a 1-1 draw, so if it's yeah, anything, there you go. that's going to be set for absolute blockbuster. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, there you go. The, what Aberdeen have obviously been, I've obviously had the better of the results, Um in the first two matches um, between the sides this season. Um, so, you know, that again, that's going to be, that can add more to it. It's always a really good match. Rangers-Aberdeen, it's always really competitive. You know, I've, I've always really enjoyed watching um, the match between these two. Um, so, no, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a really good final. Um, but I just think Rangers will have a bit too much for Aberdeen at the weekend, and I think they'll uh, lift the trophy. Um, so, we'll just, as we were just discussing, we'll talk about the the um, European matches that the Scottish clubs will be playing in this week. So in the Champions League, we've got Celtic versus Feyenoord. In the Europa League, we've got Real Betis versus Rangers. And in the Conference League, we've got Aberdeen versus Eintracht Frankfurt. So what do you think about these matches, Pierce? Uh, how do you think they're, they're going to play out? The, the one that's most riding on it would be the Rangers Real Betis um, away in Spain. It's going to be a very difficult task. Um, and like you say, we've got the cup final on Sunday as well. So I think Rangers need to juggle both competitions pretty well. Um, they cannot afford to rest any players in Europe because they want to be, be in the knockout stages beyond Christmas. And the group as it, as it stands is very tight. And Real Betis at the weekend got a 1-1 draw against Real Madrid and it was they were thoroughly deserving of a point in that game. Um, so they're a very dangerous side, and even when they played the Ibrox, when Rangers got the got a narrow victory, I thought Betis at times played Rangers off the park, but Rangers just were more clinical. Um, they were very wasteful that night, and I think Jack Butland as well was was key, and I think again he'll have to be pivotal in terms of keeping the ball at the back of net, um, because I think he's been an outstanding signing uh, for the Rangers. Um, and like you say, Rangers, although they've been picking up good results, but in the attacking area, they've not really got any <coughs> scorers at the moment. Like Danilo has not been scoring. Dessers has not really been great. I think the only one that's really contributing up front is Abdelassima, who has got double figures. So I think him and Tavernier are the key men in terms of an a, a, attacking outlet for Rangers in terms of getting, getting the goals. Like you say, uh, Tavernier scored the sixty penalty the weekend for Rangers. Um, he is the talisman for Rangers, especially in Europe. And 
he he'll be the key, one of the key men if the if they to get any result. But I do think Betts will have a bit too much for him. And I think Betts will get the victory there. And in terms of Aberdeen Frankfurt, I think that's an easy Frankfurt victory, even though it's at Petaudry. I think Aberdeen will have sole focus on that cup final at the weekend and um, they'll rest all the key players and they don't want to risk any injuries because I think they're already out of Europe and the fact is uh, winning a piece of silver is more important, in my opinion, for any football club. And in terms of the Celtic final, um, Celtic have not got a victory this season in the Champions League and I think they want to go out with a bang. Um, and obviously... Brendan Rodgers will be looking for a massive reaction from the, the weekend because we touched on it uh, last week that it was angry he'd ever been in half-time against St. Johnson. Well, I'm pretty sure he'd been, he'd been exactly the same after the game at Rugby Park because it was another unacceptable um, second-half performance and they thoroughly deserved to get beat. Um, but final are a, a decent opposition and Celtic at times in the first game of the the group stage were in the tie until they went down to nine men, so just about keeping the discipline and being clinical. And at times in this group stage, Celtic have proven that they can compete at the level, but it's doing it for a long period of time over 90 minutes. And I do predict a Celtic win, a narrow Celtic win, because I think they want to go out with a bat. And obviously, in front of the fans at Parkhead, I think um, they will have a bit too much for final. Yeah, um, I'll just start off quickly with the Celtic final match. So nothing really to play for for Celtic. You know they are out. Um, you know it's um that's confirmed. Um, but as you said, they do have something to play for because the fact that they haven't won a Champions League match in a long, long time. So um, they want to get that hoodie off their back. Um, I'm not I'm not really sure how this is going to play out because Celtic aren't in the greatest of moments. Um, you know they're not really. Kind of firing all cylinders at the moment, and because of the fact that they're not really, um, you know, that they've just come back off a defeat as well. I, I just don't see them winning. Uh, I've, I've got, I just have a feeling there'll be a draw in that match. Uh, I just, uh, I've always had the feeling that that match will end up in a draw. Um, you know, and as you said, Celtic will be frustrated because they have competed at times in this group stage, but at the end of the day, they've just not had enough to. To kind of, you know, um, kind of get the three points at the end of these matches. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say a draw for that match. Uh, and then in the Europa League, which is a big match, which is between Real Betis and Rangers. You know, Rangers have to get something from the match if they want to progress into the knockout stages of the Europa League. Um, and they're going to have to go away to Real Betis, which is going to be, you know, a tough ask for them. Uh, I think the I think they're capable of it. Uh, I, I definitely do think they're capable of it. They are missing Danilo because he's now out until after New Year, so that's quite a big blow for them. Uh, that'll also be a blow for them in the cup final as well. Um, I'm going to say, I, I don't know why, but I have a feeling Rangers will, will do that. I actually think they'll, they'll get the, the the points that they need to progress to the knockout stage. Uh, I think it's, I think they just need to win. So, um. Yeah, so I, I actually think they'll, I actually think they'll do it. You know, they, they they always seem to be pretty. You know, when European matches, they always seem to have you know enough to kind of get the job done. Um, you know, and I can't see them doing it. You know, uh, but it's going to be a big, it's going to be a tough ask, and I wouldn't be surprised if Real Betis did win that match because you know Real Betis are a, are a really good side, and 
you know, they're at home as well. So, um, but I'm going to say Rangers will, will, um, will win that match. And then lastly, just the Aberdeen Frankfurt match again. Uh, you know, it's kind of a dead rubber match, and Aberdeen are out. That's confirmed. Um, and as you said, I think this will be the match that Aberdeen will not really care about at all because their sole focus will be in Europe and on the Scottish League Cup final, uh, which is on Sunday. And so I'm I'm expecting Frankfurt to win that because at the end of the day they have far much more quality than Aberdeen. Um, you know, Frankfurt just come off a five one victory against Bayern Munich as well. So that's just gonna make the that the you know, the the task even harder for Aberdeen. So I'm gonna say Frankfurt won that. Um and I think it'll probably be a comfortable evening for them. Um but you never know. But yeah, so these are my kind of predictions for the Scottish clubs that are playing in Europe this week. Um, so I just, I just want to briefly touch on a bit of news that happened uh, just, you know, today. And it was about a Turkish referee. So uh, the Turkish football club president, um, who play, uh, he's the president of Ankara, uh, Ankara, uh, Ankara Guku, uh, he got arrested uh, today because uh, he ran on the pitch yesterday and punched the, the Turkish referee in the face. And, uh, and you know, as a result of that, you know, the, the Turkish referee was badly injured, you know, uh, he ended up having to go to hospital. Um, and this incident made, meant that all the Turkish football matches uh, were suspended. Um, so all this came about because the Ankara Goku uh, team, they considered a penalty in the last minute. Um, and obviously the team weren't happy and the president ran on the pitch. Um, and violently assaulted the, the the referee that gave away the penalty. So I I just want to touch on it, Piers. I mean, I, it's quite a shocking story. But what do you think about it? I mean, like, like what's your thoughts? Did you see you get arrested? The the president, yeah, yeah. The president got arrested, and so he's been arrested uh, after punching the referee. And so uh, and the referee, uh, he uh, he's actually in the hospital at the moment, uh, kind of recovering from what's happened, but. I mean, it just, I mean, it's, it's just a shocking incident, isn't it? Yeah, no, I've seen the footage uh, this morning. I think it's something that you just <coughs> see on a football pitch. Regardless if you can see the last-minute last, last minute penalty equaliser, um, unacceptable for a club present to come down and violently assault the referee. And you've seen the images where the, the eye is... Completely swollen and he's knocked unconscious. Um, it's something you never want to see, and I think he should be severely punished for that. And rightly so, I think the Turkish um, FA has done tremendous in terms of postponing all fixtures in the Turkish league because that behaviour is unacceptable, and they should make an example of the president for doing such violent act because that deserves jail time for what he's done. And um, yeah, and I think they've done brilliantly there, but I think it's an no. unacceptable yeah. violent act. No, you're spot on. Uh, you're spot on about what you said about making an example because I just think referees are getting far too much abuse. And I mean, the, the footage that we saw, I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, you could be you, you could be unhappy with the fact that the referee gave away a penalty, but I mean, there's just no need for that at all. I mean, it's just, it's just it goes beyond, and there's just no explanation for it. There's like it's it's absolutely out of order, um, and that that president should be given the, the harshest penalty possible. 
Um, and it just kind of raises a concern about sa the safety of referees because they're getting far too much abuse. And, and you know, we've just saw an the biggest example of the fact that, that they're just getting violence used against them. And it's just, it's inexcusable, it really is. And, you know, I, I definitely think there has to be something. I, 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 I definitely think, not just Turkish referees, but referees around the world, I do think they need far much more kind of security. Um you know, because I just think that these kind of incidents, I'm not going to be surprised if this these things, I hope not, but like, this might not be the last time we see something like that. Well, I think that's a sad indictment the way the game's going, Tom, if that's going to be the case, because yep. that'll turn a lot of boys and girls off in terms of wanting to become a referee if they're seeing things like this. Um, because literally one decision and they're <laughs> brutally assaulted. Um. And like you say, there has to be more protection for referees because, like you say, and not just in the public eye, but in, and certainly the media, they kind of cane the referees in terms of decisions, VR, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're human beings. They're doing a job. Human error can happen in any line of work. And I don't think they should be made as scapegoats. And, yeah, I think they should, like you say, I second what you say, I think there should be more protection for referees because that, that cannot ever happen again. No, absolutely, totally agree, and you know, let's hope we don't have a discussion like that again on the on the podcast because it's not like it's not it it's just not acceptable. Um, so for the final part of the show, Pearson and I again for his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so in terms of Asian football news, leagues have officially finished in Japan and Korea. So we'll start with some breaking news, and that is that Kevin Musket has officially left his post as the boss of Yokami F Marnos. After an unforgettable tenure with the Tricolor, um, Musket leaves after two and a half years at the helm of Joachim F. Marnos. Um, sadly, it didn't end with back-to-back -back titles, but um, he leaves having won the G League 1 trophy in 2022 in the club's first ever Japanese Super Cup this year. Um, the Aussie leaves with a reputation enhanced whilst bringing attacking football to Japan. Big things to come, and I have no doubt he'll land a top job in Europe soon. So the KFA have announced that South Korea um, will play a friendly match on the 6th of January and the opposing team will be Iraq. So that's perfect preparation for the Asian Games that are due in January, February. So Pong Steelers manager Kim Gi-dong is in talks with SC Fuel and has verbally agreed to take over as manager of SC Seoul. Pong Steelers have acted quickly to this news and are set to appoint former Yabian Funde manager Park Tae-ha as the new manager of the team. The K-League have announced it will abolish the Asian player quota in the K-League 1 starting from the 2025 season. Now each K-League team can register six foreign players in the squad and four can play at the same time. So the K-League have also decided that if a foreign player has played in Korea for a total of five years or three consecutive years before they're 18 years old, signs a professional contract with a K-League team, then the player won't be considered as a foreign player. This is real for young foreigners who were born in Korea or immigrated to Korea. This rule will apply from the 2025 season, and that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Chagu podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chagu YouTube channel and also the Football Chagu website. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Bye-bye.